Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today, I've got a unique topic for you. One we probably haven't covered too often on the Author to Authority podcast. And today, we're going to look at bouncing back from failure. And I know it's not something you want to hear, but (laughs) failure is a part of entrepreneurship. And if you want to succeed, you got to learn how to bounce back fast. So I want to welcome Tyler Tapp to the show. He is the failure coach who knows how to screw up one step at a time. (laughs) With his resilient spirit and mantra of onward, Tyler has learned how to make all kinds of mistakes and still keep moving forward. Now, growing up, Tyler saw his dad struggle with a few missing tools that hindered his entrepreneurial success and wished someone would have taken him under their wing to help him succeed. This ignited Tyler's mission to help people like his dad navigate the pitfalls of business growth. But you know what? Tyler can't do this alone. He's on a quest to gather 1,000 of the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. I love that. A legion of giving individuals who aren't afraid to fail together and lift each other up. Together, they're changing the game and rewriting the most business fail paradigm. And so we want to invite you to enjoy Tyler on his quest. And together, let's fail forward and say it out loud, onward. Welcome (laughs) to the show, Tyler. Onward, my friends. Thank you so much for having me here. Thanks for reading. You read that way better than I read it myself. (laughs) (laughs) I do a lot of these interviews. (laughs) (laughs) That'll get you right there. The the only time I mess it up is if I don't read it before we do the show. <laughs> I do get that very much so. Reading 101, right? Or reading out loud 101. Read it twice. <laughs> now, Tyler and, I, Tyler and I actually back in January at PodFest. And mm-hmm. I've got to admit, I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about PodFest. If you are in the podcasting world, whether you guest on podcasts or you host a podcast, PodFest is just the place. It's one of the best conferences I have ever been to. And the community spirit there is amazing. Next, next. I have not experienced anything like that. Yeah, but no, PodFest is fantastic. So I, I, I appreciate the pitch, even though I don't own it. <laughs> I wish I owned it and we could say I did, but, but PodFest is fantastic. I, the podcasting community is really tight knit. You don't realize how small it is, even though it's like, seems like it's everywhere, right? Which is a good mm-hmm. thing. That means we're good at getting the word out, right? But, but PodFest is where you get to meet the people, right? Like Alex Sanfilippo, like one of the best of the best out there in the podcasting world. He's just walking yeah. around in a suit jacket, talking to everyone he sees. <laughs> I, and, and that's true. And and that was the thing I loved about it was the fact that there was no dividing line between sort of the haves and the have nots, you know, yep. between the really big podcasters, you know, who have, you know, thousands of downloads an episode to the very newest podcaster who hasn't even started their podcast yet. Like you could go up and talk to mm-hmm. and and that impressed me because I've been to so many conferences, you know, where you never get a chance to talk to people like Alex, people who have been down the road and, you know, ask questions. Yeah. Just, just amazing. So anyway, if you want to find out more about PodFest, just, uh, they do have events throughout the year. So you can check it out. 
Now, Tyler, this is your first time on the Author to Authority podcast. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to just share more about your story. And, you know, how, how, I mean, I know you saw your dad go through failure as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but how did you become the failure coach? (laughs) By default, I screwed up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Figured out how to get over it. (laughs) No. I did. It, it really started with my dad. I saw that a lot. I mean, I, I have a lot of insecurity that most people do, right? You're a child. That's the way it goes. But I, my dad's been my hero my whole life. I've, I watched him literally busting his butt, just trying as hard as he possibly could. And genuinely, I feel like he was just missing a couple little things. Like the further I've gotten into my business career, as wow, he really was just missing a couple things. And if someone would have popped their arm around him, he would have, the sky would have been the limp for him. Right. But he, he was always, always capped out. So for myself, after seeing that, so I ended up getting into the restaurant world. So I worked as a restaurant manager, owner, operator at certain times. Just kind of depends on what part of my career you're looking at. Um, I ran restaurants for about 10 years and ended up working with teenagers, most of that teenagers and young adults most of that time. And I just really found a love for helping them like figure out how to like screw up the right, right way. Because <laughs> you're in a restaurant and I was in a, a pizza buffet of all places. So it was very forgiving as, as a job goes, you could make mistakes, but it was still pizza. Like my model was like, like it's pizza. Like it doesn't matter what you do that they're going to eat. Uh, but, but for myself, the way that that got like translated into this, like becoming the failure coach was I just found that it something I've just always had a natural resilience for myself. I've always been pretty positive. My dad may argue otherwise, right? We can see, we'll ask him later if you bring him on. Right. <laughs> but I've, I've always been pretty positive and just been able to recover, but I've, I've had a lot of things that I've screwed up pretty bad in my life over the course of things, whether that's in business or my personal life. I've, I got lucky, I would say, you know, being born with a natural positive outset or mindset, but I realized that that's something I can actually hone in and get better at was saying, Hey, how can I fail quicker? Right. Like, how can I get myself in situations where I can, I'm going to screw up? Right. And so that I, so that I can stand up and walk out of it quickly, quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I think for me, like the restaurant world was fantastic for that because it was a very low impact failures, right? Like, if I stuff up for people or if I screwed thing up, generally speaking, it wasn't the worst thing. Like, I, I made mistakes that cost tens of thousands of dollars. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it was fun because I started really. Realizing that like your mistakes don't define who you are unless yeah. you choose to do that, right? To, to take those yeah. mistakes and make them define who you are in the way you want them to, to write your own story because of your mistakes. So that's really where it came from. <laughs> it was just making lots of mistakes and realizing I wanted to write my story a way that that would work out for me. You know, I, I spent first well, at least 12, probably to 15 years of my entrepreneurial career just failing. Yep. I didn't know what to do and and like your dad I I just needed a few tools and it was amazing because I was never afraid to ask but you know what frustrating is I would be working with someone to start a business and they promised they would mentor me and they didn't yep they just left me out in the cold to try and figure it out I'm- Yep. And I got so frustrated because I knew I could do it if someone would just teach me how. I mm-hmm. wasn't afraid to do anything. Like if you told, okay, nothing immoral or illegal. Okay, <laughs> I, I do have boundaries. Let's put but, some caveats there. <laughs> but, you know, like teach me how to sell. Teach me how to run a business. Teach me how to do customer service. Like all of these things. The sales was the big part for me. Teach me how 
Like just yep. someone teach me how to sell and I'll do it. If you told me, go talk to that person, I would go talk to that person. <laughs> I would just tell me what to say. please. Yeah. When I finally did have someone who was mentoring me at first, I just did everything exactly the way. I was a little parrot. I sat on her hip for two years. Oh. And and I did everything exactly the way she did it. Now, you know, about six months in, I was starting to get my own style and flair to it. But <laughs> in the beginning, I just did it the way she did it because I needed to learn. How. And yep. and she was willing to teach me and let me study underneath her and watch how she did things and how she handled certain situations. And I learned so much. I, I can't say that I had immediate success, but at least I was on the road from failure to sort of pack. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. I love that. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I know you're the one supposed to ask the questions, but I'm going to ask you a question. Where sure. did you find a coach or someone? did? Because I feel like that's a hard thing for life. Well, I was, I joined a direct sales company and I can't mention the name because uh, <laughs> of copyright. Uh-huh. Uh, I had been in several direct sales companies and I finally found one. It was a company that actually had, uh, district managers. So mm-hmm. each air geography area had a manager and it was the manager. Um, if you were willing to teach and train you how to run that business. Wow. Look at- and it, it was free. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's glorious. <laughs> you know, and, and there weren't too many people that wanted to take advantage of the training. So mm-hmm. I said, I will, I will go with you anywhere. I will spend hours with you a day teaching. And I, I did. I learned how to yeah. how to do it. Now everything didn't run smoothly and perfect, and there were a lot of hiccups along the way, and you know things happened, just kind of crushed me a bit in the mm-hmm. end. But I learned such valuable skills during that, and when I started to become a publisher. You know, all of those things that I had failed at and had finally learned, it was like all the lessons that I had learned over about the course of, well, okay, my daughter's 29. Uh, she was so uh, it's 27 years, okay? Yeah. But yeah, so it's what, seven, eight years. So let's say around 20 years. It took those first 20 years. Now, it's not that I never earned any money or anything. I wouldn't say it was success. It was all training. (laughs) But then when I started the publishing company, it was like everything that I had learned fell together all at once. And I was able to take all of those lessons and and finally have a business that I felt like I was succeeding. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that because it's, it's funny. I think, I mean, if we're talking on the note of failure and screwing up, right. And, and what you can do to move forward, the best thing that you can do is, is turn around and look and say, you know what, like why get everything behind me is training, right. And get this, get this notion of success out of my head right now. You need to have dreams and visions. That's that's essential. Like you are where you are because you're supposed to be where you are. So just look behind Mm -hmm. you and say, what did I learn from behind Right. Yeah. I think as an entrepreneur, it's really easy to be so focused on how important we are because we see Joe Schmo that is our ideal person. Like, oh, if I was like them, oh, that's exactly who I want to be. be. Like, you're not them. That's not who you are. Right. You are, you are, are you. So look behind you and say, what's been prepping me for? Right? Yeah. Cause I am, I am where I'm at. What's been prepping me for right now. And if you'll do that, 
like just, I, I would say part of your meditation or whatever you do in the morning times, prayer, whatever it is for you, take a few minutes and be okay, why am I at where I'm at and how did I get here? Why? Like, and what am I going to do with it? I couldn't agree with you more. What One thing I would add to that is stop looking at Joe Schmo because first of all, he's probably further down the road than you. And secondly, you don't know how many years it took him of failure before he became the overnight success, (laughs) quote, unquote, Uh (laughs) for those who are listening on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's I I love that because that really is like comparing your is probably one of the biggest things that makes us think that failures. Right, because we look at us like, oh man, I screwed up. I'm not as good as I want to be. I'm not as good as the the Joneses, right? Quote unquote. Again, for the those listening, I, I'm not as good as the Joneses, whoever that is to you. It's like stop comparing yourself. <laughs> like you are you. You're at where you're at. Be there, and it's okay. Like you're 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 supposed to be there, even if it sucks. Even if it's not good, you're supposed to be there. And you're supposed to learn something from it. And I, I think we have to redefine what is success. Yeah, it, something that. Uh, some I've, Ross, my husband and I have friends who are missionaries mm-hmm. who go to many different parts of the world. Okay. And, you know, when they come back and they tell you that, you know, people don't eat three meals a day, they don't have houses to live in, they don't even have toilets or running water, the electricity is on off most time. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to redefine what success is. Yeah. You know, when you eat three meals a day and you live in a house, you have running water, hydro, and internet. Yep. You've got clothes on your back, your house. Okay, here in North America and especially winter, it might not be hot, but at least it's warm. You are better off than most of the people in the world. Yep. And I I love that you're bringing that up because I think one of the most... I'm going to, I say that a lot. You guys probably heard that 10 times already. I say the most, one of the most important things is essential. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's that, that gratitude, right. Of truly being like, it could be worse, right? Like it could, I could be in a way different situation and being grateful for work. It just opens up your mind for the potential of what comes in front of you. And, and the thing, you know, I've always reminded myself of the fact that I've earned money in my business whether it be hundreds or thousands or more than that, right? But most entrepreneurs fail before they ever even make $1,000. So if you've made $1,000 in your business, you you are in that top percent. You may not be making much more than that right now. You've st- like, don't stop. Yep. You, you've got... <laughs> Yeah, well, and that it is. It's taking those little wins, right? So that's one of my things that I, I go around teaching people is you've got to like learn to just like thrive off of those micro wins, right? Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot, right? And something something that may not seem like a win, you need to learn to look at it as right. Even you waking up this morning and actually continuing your business that that's like genuinely a win. If that's as small as you have to be able to like keep yourself going, you're like. I got back up and got on my computer today. I, I went to my car wash. I, I went out the door instead of letting it close down today. Like it's a win. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, something else I've learned, especially, you know, when you're more like a solopreneur, freelancer, professional consultant, mm-hmm. you know, one of those business where it's, it's mostly you is it's the consistency that builds the business. So if you yep. got up today and, and you did the things that you were supposed to do, that's a win. 
Now, we don't always see the results right away. Like I've learned in my business, I've got about a 90 day cycle. You know, I've gone through some really difficult times or just through some real big transitions in my life where I couldn't focus on the business. And I've learned that for my business, it takes about 90 for for me to get back up and moving, having regular sales come in, you know, that kind of stuff. It That's how long it takes. So I've learned now that, you know, when I've gone through those times, like last year, I went through a huge transition in my life, moved across the country. So, you know, there was about five months there where I wasn't doing, uh, mm-hmm. moved across the country to Nova Scotia, Canada, two weeks later, her. Oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. Right. So, you know, it, it took some time to you know, get settled in, get recovered. Now, thankfully, we didn't really have any damage or anything, but mm-hmm. we had no power for a while, you know, and, and just the emotional shock of it. I mean, let me tell you, I do not want to live through a hurricane again. That was not fun. <laughs> I can imagine. That was probably terrible. <laughs> but but the thing I learned is that, you know, you have to learn what your sales cycle is. You know, how long does it take for you to generate leads and then convert those leads, right? So if it's 30 days, then you can't quit at day one. If it's 90 days, you can't quit at the end of month. Yep. Yep. Well, I love that you're bringing that up because that really is, that's such a like life principle, even though that like, that's so directly tied to business, but it's, it's funny. You, you go in cycles. I mean, we know it. Like if we turn around and look backwards, like, yeah, you go through cycles, we get it. But it's funny if you, if you're in business, right? So we're talking business right now. If you're in business Mm -hmm. Truly, are like, man, I just can't seem to like get this edge that I need, right? You've got to take a step back and look and be like, what's happened? Even even if it's only been a month, like maybe a business for a very short amount of time or a year, right? Which is, I think, a lot of us discredit that a year is a pretty long time to be in business, right? Like, look back and say, you know what? Like, like, put your morning aside, spend four hours, and sit down and just just map out how the last chunk of time is for you, whether that works for you, the last month, year, however long you need. And look back and be like, what is the cycle of my and look back at that and then and look at that and, and be hopeful in that. Because mm-hmm. if you're coming through that, you're saying, okay, once I figure out the cycle of my business, I can look forward and say, okay, if I do this action, it's going to have a reaction or whatever the right, right terminology is. It's have a reaction in 30 days, in 90 days, whatever it is for you. Because then that gives you something to look forward to where you're not so like, it's not happening today, it's not happening today, right? Which is Entrepreneur, I feel like we're always in that boat of today's today's not working, today's not working, or today. Right. Yeah. I I just I had one other thought I wanted to share with you, and I'm I'm interested to hear your perspective on it. You know, the other thing I realized too was sometimes I was doing enough action, but I wasn't doing the right actions. I I've learned a lot about thinking about you know Pareto's rule where you get 80% of your results from 20% of what you're doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, what, what maybe you're doing enough action, but maybe you're just not focused in on the right ones. Yep. I love that. Well, let me, let me tell a story <laughs> about this. So in our company in the last year, we have changed so much. Makes most of our clients and our employees want to go crazy. <laughs> uh, but the reason I tell you that is we've spent a lot of time looking back mm-hmm. and being like, wow, we weren't doing the right action, right? Mm-hmm. To get the result. Yeah. And even with all these iterations we've done of what we're doing, and we finally landed on, you know, truly we've just been a research 
in the last mm-hmm. year, which if anyone's out there, your first year or two, you're in research and development. I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> like you're, yeah. yep. <laughs> and, and, and beyond. But so for us, so the reason I tell this story, going through all this finally landed on, you're like, you know what? We've not ever had a really good sales system, which you think we would have like dawned on us. <laughs> You know, a long time ago that like your sales system is truly the problem, but we've just been so good at getting referrals for so long that we just have kind of rode that pony for you know, the last few years. I realized like it's been seven years for us truly mm. of riding the referral pony. And we just, it, we we're always doing these actions. We're always, you know, super busy, right? We've got three people in our executive team and 10 employees. We're just moving like constantly, but the, and we were like, you know what? Like, we need to get a sales system, right? And it has been hilarious since we've started focusing on this. Oh, the right action provides the right result. Even mm-hmm. our, our company's not been like drastically like different than it was in any way, shape, or form. But we've been able to. We've been decreasing risks and increasing profits because, even though that doesn't make a whole lot of sense without way more backstory, but increasing those profits by truly being like, you know what? Like we just need to get our sales system figured out and dialed in and it's made all the difference for us. So if you're spinning your wheels, I think the lesson that I truly were, if I were to like teach someone from what we've done from that story, stop, hold on for a minute, like, like pause (laughs) in, in, in life and in business, especially as an entrepreneur, we run forward so fast that we forget to like, I guess I brought this like the first thing I brought up when we ta- started talking. Pause for a second, turn around and look backwards. Look where you've been at. You know, and like, you know what? What are the successes? What are the failures? What can we learn? How can that propel us yeah. forward? But if you don't take a minute and you can't, you cannot move forward in, a, in any sort of positive manner that's going to truly make a long term difference for you. You know, it's funny you say that one of my clients, Mike Garris, um, mm-hmm. we did his book, Can I Borrow Your Car, which is all about running your business on referrals. So uh, <laughs> love really it. amazing book. But one of the things that I love about my clients and you know, you guys as podcast guests is I learned so much from you guys. I get free education from my clients <laughs> and my podcast guests. I, but yeah. I remember one thing that Mike said to me, and he said to me, Kim, you need to take once a month and take 90 minutes and you just no phone, no computer, just a pen and and you're going to take that 90 minutes and you're going to think about your, and you just write down everything that comes to mind in that time. And you just think about all the different areas of your business. And then you can, after that, obviously you take it and you sort it and all that. He says, but you gain so much clarity by just stopping. Such a funny, simple principle, is it not? <laughs> I I can't tell you the amount of I've done. That. I like I, I feel like I actually figured this about twelve or thirteen years ago when I was just in my early twenties. Was out doing missionary work, right? And it's it was six in the morning till eight or ten, twelve at night, whatever it was. All day, every day, you slept for five hours if you're lucky. And I realized I was talking to one of the leaders in our group, and I was like. I was like, I know we're not supposed to take naps, but like, I'm going to start taking a 20 minute nap. Every- right. Yeah. And, and I told him, and he said that he, he told this to me. I don't remember exactly. I wish I were his like wording that he used, but he said something to the effect of Tyler, is it better for you to run at 30% for 10 hours than it is at a hundred percent for three hours? And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I was like, I, was like I, 
I 100% get that. And as, as an entrepreneur and in this, you know, becoming the failure coach that I've become, I, that's one of the biggest lessons I teach people is like, just freaking stop for a minute. Like, like the more you run around with like your head cut off, like a chicken, you're just going to keep bleeding everywhere and it's going to get all ready. <laughs> so <laughs> pause for a minute, just, just pause for a second. So I, I love that you brought that up. Love that we've been talking about that. Cause it's, it really is my favorite thing is like, if it's you sitting down and meditating every, like take time every day. To, yeah. Right. And if, and if you're not doing that, if you get nothing out of this episode, that's what you need to take away today is for whatever amount of time works for you. If you need to be 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, you're working 12, a knock is what I'm yeah. going to say. Stop, pause for 15 to 30 minutes a day. And just think, you know, it's funny you say that. Cause, um, I had a massive wake-up call in September of 2020 uh, when I was in emergency with my heart not beating. The top of my heart was beating at a different pace than the bottom of my heart, wow. and it was going about 170 beats per And um, that was pretty scary. Yeah, that'll yeah. <laughs> so they started doing this, and I ended up having two more episodes. I had one in November and then one the next April, and they started us. So they did find I had a high blood pressure. They did every heart test imaginable. The one good thing about living in Canada is I didn't pay for it. Um, <laughs> it's part of our healthcare system. So they put me through every single heart test they could find. You know what they figured out? They said, Kim, you've got way too much stress in your life. Yep. Because there was nothing wrong with my heart. And that was a huge wake-up call for me to start slowing down. Um, you know, I would wolf food down. I'd work through lunches. I was working a lot of evenings and I find now I, I have to stop. Mm. So I, I try to take an hour at lunch. I'll read, I'll watch TV. I'll play games on my phone. I'll just, you know, I eat my lunch slowly. Um, and I don't work during that time. Love and that. in the evenings, I do have to work the occasional evening. I try not to work in the evening because yep. my body, basically told me you got to slow down or it's going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love that. I love that you got that. I'm that you had to, you know, get that by such a like physical trauma, right? Like that's terrifying. But I think that's one of the lessons from today is this takeaway is like, do that. Like for me, just another quick story. I, my family life was fine. It wasn't, I don't, I've never had like a terrible family life, but we were having a pretty rough patch. My wife and I about like last November and, I just had the realization I was actually talking to a counselor and I was like, I'm trying to make my family work. And she's like, well, how late are you working every day? And I was like, okay, fine. Don't, don't ask that question. I'm not working till eight o'clock. I swear every day or 10 o'clock. But so I literally at the day I was like five o'clock, I'm done. Like, it doesn't matter what client problem is. It doesn't matter what breaks. It can wait till tomorrow. And yeah. I'm, I'm out here to be a survivor and to tell her that like that has changed my family's life and mine more than anything else we've ever tried is I was just like, I am done at five o'clock. You know what I learned when you're on your deathbed, it's not your clients and it's not your customers who are going to be standing yep. or not standing there. It'll be your family and, and they are your legacy. They are the ones who will, you know, continue on everything that you've done and who you are. And they're the ones who will remember you and carry you. But if you, if you aren't a part of their life, guess what happens? <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> or they're standing at the death bed 
going, oh, I can't wait for this. Go good. Finally, he's gone, right? Yep, <laughs> like, yep exactly. Pull the plug. Less work I have to do. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's, it's so, I mean, today we can stamp this one at the end here, but like genuine stop. Whether, like, I don't care what you're dealing with in your life. Like, even if, even if it's just a few minutes that you can take, so I get that sometimes your life's crazy and it, you have nothing you can do about a 12 or 10 hour, you know, your wake out, waking hours controllable. Just pause for any, any bit of time that you can take and start making a consistent part of your day. It's going to change yeah. everything. Yeah. We got about five minutes left, Tyler. So I'm going to ask you the question we talked about. So Love first it. of all, talk about your podcast and then I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. So my podcast is called the Lucky Titans Second in Command. Um, we, it, we, it's for coaches and agencies that are looking to just level up their game, right? We, I, I interview almost exclusively coaches and other agency owners so that they can provide their tips and tricks to help up. Um, that podcast stemmed for me from learning for myself that I'm the creative visionary. I don't like and don't want to be, we call it dancing monkey in a company. I don't want to be the dancing monkey. I truly thrive in a second in command role where I can go be the leader of somebody's army and, and help them buy into someone else's vision. And so it stemmed from that. It just stemmed from being like, I want to get that message out to people. And I know coaches and, and consultants are the ones that help people learn. So why not interview? That is awesome. Love it. Okay. Here's the, what yeah. was the good? the bad and the ugly of starting and running that podcast? Ooh, good question. Getting good. <laughs> this is so funny. So I, I, most people probably don't know us on here. We, in our company, we're like podcast coaches. That's what we do. We teach people how to use podcasting to level up high ticket offers. I've been coaching people for years that if you don't get started, it's never going to get started. I just barely started my podcast this February. <laughs> I, I've been coaching people. If you don't get started today, it's never going to happen. And guys, it took me a lot of years to get there. So that's, that's the ugly. Honestly, at the end of the day, we really, we really struggle with that. But like, oh man. Mm-hmm. So this is something nobody, I am actually genuinely not a great like worder. I, I suck at speaking. I really have to slow myself down. I, my, I have ADHD like every other human does nowadays, but I talk really, really fast <laughs> and I have a hard time slowing my mind down so that I can actually keep up with it. But podcasting has so much to help. This is just like on a very personal level for me. So I, I made a goal this uh, April. So we're at the you know tail end of April here where I was going to do a hundred podcast interviews in 30 days. So terrible goal, right? It's I, I'm going to, I'm in the middle of, but it has completely changed the way that I speak because I, I, and that was one of my goals in doing it was I wanted to just truly speaking in a way that could help people because I've always had a lot to say, but I just get it out so fast that it just doesn't make a lot of sense for people. And so that honestly, that's, I think that's one of my favorite things I've taken away from this is being able to um, really try to resonate with people and, and, you know, how to like use those inflections to speak with people so you can, you know, get them excited, but then you can draw I'm back in. So I'm still in the middle of that, but that's that's my favorite, favorite part about podcasting. Well, Tyler, you did an amazing job here on the author to authority podcast. (laughs) If people have really enjoyed listening to you today, and I would assume they would, because I have, uh, (laughs) how can people connect? Yeah. So uh, 
So LinkedIn, always a great place. You can find me, Tyler Tapp. There's not a whole lot of, um, or go to pantheon.fm. That's the website um, where we teach people who have high ticket offers how to, for one, charge more for their offer and get their, their offer to a point where it should be, but how to establish a consistent referral system so you can successfully grow your, your agency and coaching business. Thank you, Tyler. That was wonderful. This has been Kim Thompson-Pinder and Tyler Tapp on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye, everyone.